No Block, No Rock, episode 12. Mike, who's our sponsor? All right. Well, as you all know, and if you don't know, uh, our sponsor is Javi's Tacos Omaha, located on 180th and Q, also on 171st and Center, next to the Pepper Jacks over there in Lakeside Plaza. If you haven't been to Javi's, give it a try. Uh, this week, I want to tell you a little bit about their breakfast. Their breakfast is phenomenal. Their burritos are the size of your forearm. Mm-mm. And if you're a grown man, it's the size of your forearm. Probably bigger if you mm. don't work out. But they are amazing burritos. Go give it a try. Their hours are different on, on each location. The hours at their new location, uh, they open at 6 a.m. And they're open till 10 p.m. And then their original location on 180th and Q, they open at 7 a.m. And they close at 9 p.m. So if you have any hobbies, give it a try. And that's it. All right, hey, Javi's out the way. No offense to Javi, but we got to make room for a special guest. Wait, are you saying no block, no rock? Got another guest? Probably, no. probably not a former player, right? No, no block, no rock. Got back to back black shirts. Back to back black shirts. Yep. Wow. We've, we've got PJ Smith. He was um, on the Bo Pelini teams back in the day. Yeah, it was. 2008 to 2012? Yeah. Yeah, I think and, I, that sounds right. Yeah, and I think you guys are in for a treat. I mean, he came he came out firing. Yeah, I mean, guns are blazing. If, if you are a soft Husker fan, this will have the explicit label for you. Yeah, run so, away. Uh, just, just pack this, up your bags and run away. This ain't for you. But with further ado, let's listen to P.J. Smith. Yes, sir. Former black shirt P.J. Smith. Pleasure having you on the on the NBNR podcast. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. I'm excited about this. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, kick it off, baby. Kool Aid season has came upon us. <laughs> Everybody's drinking the Kool Aid. Spring <laughs> ball is here. Yeah. Uh, we got PJ Smith on, and he had a couple spring balls in his day. Uh, so let's just just jump right into a spring ball question. Can you describe your experience with spring ball? Obviously, you're under the Bo Pelini staff. Did you like spring ball? Did you look forward to it? I mean, let us know. What, what do you think about spring ball? I love spring ball. I, you know, I look forward to it because you go all these months of just working out, right? No football, no games, no nothing. And so it was, it was an opportunity for myself and my teammates to get back in the groove of it, right? Because that's the, we came to the university to play ball. Or first of all, get our education, but then to play ball. Of course. So once spring ball came around, dude, we was just, I was just ready to rock and roll and just put some pads on and just have fun and do what I love. So, so we asked... We had, a, we had a pretty funny story when we, when we talked to Mo about this last week. Was there any young hotshot recruits that roll in about spring ball time and, and you guys, you know, put them in their place pretty quick and let them know what college football is all about? Show them what's what. Oh, man, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, we had a freshman come in. I can't think of their name right now. But okay. we made sure we... Welcome to, to Nebraska the right way. All right, so <laughs> tackling drills, receiver drills, whatever the case may be, if they come across the middle, we're going to put our hat on. You know? Okay, but on the other side, I asked Mo this last week. Was there any freshman that came in that was kind of a hot, either hot shot or not, but kind of surprised you with their ability right away, like the eye test they passed? Can you think of anyone like that? Rex Burkett, he was one of them. Okay. He was one of them. Usually with running backs, it's like, okay. They got He's it. Got it. They, they have got that it, right? it yes. factor. Yep. Yep. And and Rex was a special player. He yeah, still he is. Was. I mean, he still is. Yeah. I mean, he's he's still yeah. playing the league and yeah. 
Man, I think he's coming off the ACL right now, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think he'll be back next year. So, yeah. one of the most respectful guys I ever played with, dude. Humble, down yeah. to earth, right? Love the game. Mm-hmm. One of the best teammates I ever had. Yeah. Um, just a quick story on Rex. Um, me and my mom went to a visit, um, to Lincoln because mm-hmm. I was thinking about going to college there. Right. And we're in we're in one of the hallways of the of a building. I forget, but we see him walking down the mm-hmm. hallway, mm-hmm. and you know. Like, I see him right away. I'm like, okay, that's Rex Burkhead. Right. You know, don't be an idiot. Just, you know, kind of right. tip your cap to him or whatever. Right. But my mom, she's like, <laughs> she's like, Rex Burkhead, oh my God. And like, you have to understand, like, class just got out. So exactly. there's like hundreds of students. Right. And, you know, she's kind of making a fool of herself. Like, right. Rex Burkhead, oh my God. She didn't, I don't think she hugged him or anything, but she just, just like, oh my God. And then Rex was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> like a thumbs up, yeah, you know. That's Rex, yeah. But just a polite, it's like. cool, laid back. He's probably used to that. Yeah. Old yeah. ladies fawning over him. Yeah. Over, so. <laughs> just a quick story on that. That was, yeah. and knowing your mom, she probably went a little bit more beyond than what you're saying. But, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> Most of it's trying to forget that. So. Um, so, you know, spring ball under the Frost regime. Mm-hmm. Give us your assessment of the Frost regime. Do you think the program is heading in the right direction? What are your thoughts on... Year four. Year four? Yeah. So, just your thoughts on that. Honestly, it's... That's a tough question, man, because I... You know, just by watching and and hearing and seeing the things that's going on, right? I I think he's a good coach, but I don't know if he's the right coach for us right now at this moment, right? Um... Now, I mean, you have to understand this. When he was at the school in Florida, right, you're dealing with different type of athletes there. But then also you're in a different conference. Yep. Right? And the Big Ten is, if it's not number one, it's number two in the country. Yep. Right? True. And so it's, it's a totally different thing. Right? And then also, um, I think they're too soft on the players. Yeah. Too many rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you say soft... Are you talking like, because you know, you were you played under Bo, yeah, and so as fans, you know, one of the first things you think of is like the game at A and M, where Bo was up in Taylor Martinez's face, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. like in his face mask. Mm-hmm. So like when you say they're too soft, I mean, do you like mean in practice maybe? Overall, like, just everything, everything. Right. So one thing you guys got to understand about Bo is. He got in our face and he chewed our butt. I don't know if I can say bad words on him. No, here. sure. Okay. Yeah, he, it's a he chews our ass and stuff Heck like that. Yeah. But we knew why. He always gave us the reason why. Right? Because when you practice something over and over again, then you have a brain fart. It's something that you did it's something it's on you. It's not on him. Yep. Right? Absolutely. But he'll chew our butt. And of course, the camera, that's their job, the media, is to put the camera on him mm-hmm. and make yep. him seem like he's a crazy man. Sure. But Nick Saban does the same thing. Do you hear people talk about Nick Saban like that? No, not why? usually. Because he wins national championships. Yep, he's right? winning games. But what people didn't see is when we got in the locker room, boy, come to us, give us, give me a hug. If he got on my ass about something, and say, "Hey, first of all, I love you. Second of all, you know I have you back 100 percent, right? Mm-hmm. Third of all, we practiced so many times, you had a brain fart, right? That's why I chewed your butt off. So we yeah. always knew why. Yeah, it wasn't just he chewed our ass out, then he went and his, he went home, and that was it. No, he let us know that he loved us. He has our back. He's here for us. But this is why I chewed your butt out, right? Yeah. And Bo, he's a passionate person, right? He studied the games more than anybody I know. And I know a lot of great coaches in the world that I've been around with. Me coaching, 
at the college level, high school, or the high school I went to. I've been around a lot of great coaches, all right? But Bo, he studies the game. He's so anal about everything in a good way. Yeah. You know, but that's why he's been successful. So quick Bo question, and maybe you won't have an answer to this, mm-hmm. but so Bo, I thought would be one of the, he's probably one of the best demons of minds yeah. in probably the, probably the last 20 years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, his reputation speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it didn't work out this year at LSU? Do you maybe give enough time? Maybe the guys weren't, you know. Both system system hard. Both system is tough. Yeah. Right. And it's going to take time for kids. They so used to a different system. And then when he came in, um, you know, with 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 the the, the different packages like Pacer, uh, Pace, and what well, I can't even think of the names of. But it's 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 a certain system you have to have certain players for it. Okay. Right. But then at the end of the day, it's 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 a two gap system. Right. And everybody has a gap. Yep. Right. And you have to focus on that. And if one person off. It's a wrap. Yep. Right? And so when he was coaching us at Nebraska, I mean, four of my, for three of my four years, or five years or whatever it was, we was ranked in the top three in the country. In defense. In total defense. Yeah. Right? But the first year we wasn't. We still was in the top ten. But once we start understanding the system and how every piece of the puzzle has to come together and you have to do your job, and when you know that your teammate to the left and right do their job, that's when you're going to be successful, right? Yep. And LSU is a different, it's totally different down there. Um, new system, new coach, like a defensive coach, and they was trying to get an understanding of exactly what he's asking for. And you maybe he got dealt kind of a shitty hand too because they're coming off a national championship. Exactly. They had you know the stud Joe Burrow number one pick, yep. and and things flowed really well under that Joe Brady offense. Right. Uh, maybe bailed the defense out a little more than maybe. The media wanted to make it seem, and Bo probably was like, hey, this is a good opportunity coming in from a national title. I know LSU. You know, I've been mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he was set up to fail in a way. Well, but also, it's if I remember correctly, when I looked at it, it was he had to replace eight new starters on that defense. Yeah. He only had three returning starters, right? But then actually two, because one of the guys set out because of the COVID yeah. year or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have a whole new nine guys out there mm-hmm. that probably didn't play that much the year before that. Yep. Right? So, in my opinion, I think they should have gave him a little bit more time, but, you know, that's how the game goes nowadays. And it's a business. It's a business. That, that's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but that, that yeah. is what it is. Yep. So, um, let, let's go back to uh, back to your playing days. There was You made a transition. So, from the Big 12 to the Big 10. Yeah. We haven't really been able to, to make this conversation with anybody mm-hmm. can you describe the transition from the big 12 to the big 10 were the leagues as different as they appear um, yeah. on on television totally and everything different. else totally different yeah the, the the big 12 is more pass heavy yeah right so you're dealing with a lot of spread teams mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lot of teams that's that they they're going to throw the ball for one right but then also they spread the ball out a lot more because then they want to get you on one-on-one situations mm-hmm. right the big 10 it's more of running. Now, of course, they most some teams are spread, but most teams are most of the teams they, they run the ball. Ohio State, what they do, they run the ball, and then they do a lot of screens and a lot of quick passes and stuff like that. Yep. And then they take their shots, right? Mm-hmm. So going from the Big Ten to the Big Twelve, you have to go from being I got to stop the run one hundred percent of the time. Sorry, I got to stop the pass one hundred percent of the time. Now I got to stop the run, but a lot of play actions coming behind it. Yep. Right. So that was a big difference in. Honestly, the, 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 the competition in the Big 12 and the Big 10 is totally different, too. You're dealing with, when I was in the Big 12, we, the linemen probably averaged 275 pounds. 
You go to the Big Ten, linemen are offensive linemen are 310 pounds. Yeah. Big right? guys. Big kid. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, it's totally different. So sticking with the Big 12, yeah. um, was there a place that you enjoyed playing at? Texas A&M. I, was gonna oh, say, I knew you were going to say that. Kyle Field? Texas A&M. That was <laughs> the greatest time of my life. Seriously, man. Yeah. Just to see, just to see from when we got there how beautiful the stadium is. And now it's even 10 times better now. Right? Yeah. But from that to the crowd, to the fans, and how they had their cheers. And I found out a story when I went down there to visit Terry Joseph after I got done playing. I was going to be a GA up there. Like, they, the fans actually come on Friday night, right, mm -hmm. to practice all those cheers. That we, played a, we, played a, we played a night game there. And to look up in the stands and see all those white towels mm -hmm. going around, dude, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Now, on the opposite end, mm -hmm. a place in the Big 12 that was just a dump. Or maybe the the fans stunk. Colorado, it's gotta be Colorado. <laughs> no, Colorado. see, because no. even Colorado would be no. like fun to go it was, to. Right? It was it was Kansas. What was it? it was Kansas Kansas State? Yeah, a uh, poop hole. Just say that. <laughs> right? Fans, they throwing eggs at us. They throwing beer at us really? and stuff like that. When we wow, at Kansas State, huh? But then the the facility is wasn't that nice at that time. I don't know how it is now, right? Uh, but then the field is just it was just an awkward game. We won that game, but it was just it just. To me, excuse me, it felt like it just had a bad vibe to it. Yeah. You know, like all the stadiums I've ever been to, that was the only stadium that I walked in and it was just it was just like a bad vibe. And I was starting mm. that year. That was my sophomore year when I was starting, right? It was just a bad vibe. Like it just I don't even know what word to use. Like I'm gonna say this word like bad spirits or something. You know what okay. I mean? You're uncomfortable. Bad juju Uncom bad yeah. juju or something. Bad juju, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, what it was. And that was a, the primetime game, right? Where, like, that was Taylor Martinez's... Yeah, yeah, that was his comeback party. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised that you said... Like, I thought you were going to stick with, uh, you know, Lawrence, Kansas, or something like that. Just, I don't know. I'm yeah. like, kind of surprised. What about the Big Ten? Okay. So you only play one year in the Big Ten, but... I played there, two years in the Big Ten. Uh, two, two years in the Big Ten. Two years in the Big Ten. Uh, was there any stadiums that you were like, this stadium is kick-ass? And then, the same question. Is there a stadium that was like... What a freaking dump! Like underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, like like this. Oh, really? I didn't like. I didn't like Michigan Stadium. You didn't like the, the big house. That's the, the, big horse, house? the big house. The yeah. big house. I did not like that at all. I mean, it's just plain. I mean, it's just it's plain Jane. You yes. know. Yeah. 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 I didn't like that one at all. No, I didn't have the bad juju or nothing like that. I just didn't like it. Like okay. it wasn't. Everybody talked it up to be this this great special. It was. It's the bigot. I mean, like, it's probably you know, my least yeah, favorite. No, my favorite one in the Big Ten. Ooh. Give me some teams. I gotta think. Ohio well, State. Mo said. Iowa. Mo said Camp Randall. Camp Randall, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That was cool. They hit, jump, jump. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a cool one. Um, no, give me some other teams. I gotta think. Northwestern. Northwestern. We have that more was a cool game. Fans. We have more fans. That's there. Our, that's, there. Our, yeah, that's our home field. Yeah. That's like a home field. Right. Um, <laughs> Did you say Iowa? Iowa. Ugh. See, Iowa. Sure that'd be fun though. No, Iowa was a fun game. Right. No, the only bad thing about it is I got a cool story. <laughs> that was the coldest game I ever played in my life. We went down there. It was a morning game or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It was so cold. I think it was like minus 27, wind chill or something like that. When we got done with the game, remember it was like a 7 to 10 game or something like that, low yeah. scoring yeah. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. We got done with the game. We came back to Nebraska. My fingers and toes were still frozen. <laughs> my toes were literally purple. <laughs> and this is like at 12 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. And this was after a 11... Yes, I think the game started at 11 a.m. Yeah, still frozen. That's how cold it was. 
Wow. Nobody wanted the tackle. Nobody wanted the hit. Nobody even wanted to talk in that game. Right? It was a fun game. We won, but it was it was cold. So, I don't know. Probably the coolest stadium there, I mean, in, in the Big Ten, I had fun at Michigan State. You know, and I was going to say, I was going to throw that name out, and I just didn't really think that, mm-hmm. okay, you're surprising mm-hmm. me with these answers. Okay. But okay. another cool place that I really have fun at, probably one of, probably my top three, Virginia Tech. We went down there to, yeah. to Black, what is it? Blacksburg. Black, yeah. Blacksburg. Lane Stadium. It's a small stadium, right? And literally, if this is the sideline, the fans, are, if the sideline is right here, yeah. the fans, the state, the, the the wall behind us was five feet behind us. So the fans oh, gosh. Right on top They're right on top of you. Right? You can hear everything. And they had that, come but it was it was a cool fun game. We lost that game with the Harold yeah. Mary at the end or whatever. But it was it was a cool fun game. It was oh, a small man. stadium. The fans it was packed out. The fans were nice and cool. And Virginia is a beautiful place too. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and so uh, that's like top three for me. Yeah, and like they have their own kind of like cool tunnel walk they play. Yeah, and like Inner mm-hmm. Sandman. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I've seen videos on YouTube, and yeah. I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's yeah. cool. The capacity is only like fifty something. Right. But it, it seems like yeah. on but TV. With, but when they're that close to the field, yeah. it probably feels different. Yeah, yeah. They're it, right on top of you. Dude. Yeah, 50,000 like, feels like I can turn around and give somebody a high five. <laughs> <laughs> they hear the whole conversation we have. And now I hear their conversation talking about beer and women. And you hear all that. Yeah, right <laughs> were, they, were they talking smack to you? No, there was, there was actually respect. Respectful? Yeah. 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 Respectful, yeah. Who are, the, who are the most disrespectful fans you ever played in front of? K State, by far. Yeah, okay. Their they call stadium. you every name. Like that's the only time in my life. Seriously, the only time in my life I went to a stadium, and they literally was calling me certain names because I'm black. I'm oh, not kidding. God. But they were doing it to the white boys too. That's you know insane. what I mean. Okay. That's how bad they were. I, I that is if I could, I've learned a lot tonight. But if that's one thing <laughs> if I could say I learned tonight is K State fans were like that because I I always thought like oh you know Bill Snyder. You know, tradition, whatever. Oh my god! Like not even at Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. They I mean, like, Colorado. Like, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't play in Boulder. Okay, that oh. was my freshman year. Oh, okay. And that's when I got hurt, so I didn't travel because I was I was a true freshman, right? And so gotcha. I okay. So I, I didn't even go there. So I never played in Boulder. Oh, okay. They came down to us and played us here in Nebraska, but I never been to Boulder. Okay. So I've been like your red red shirts freshman year, then? something like that. Yeah, something like freshman that. Freshman or something like that. I don't remember. Nice. Okay. Okay. And, you know, just kind of going back to the Big 12 and the Big 10. So, during the four years that you played, mm-hmm. out of those three years, your teams made the conference championship. Yeah. In 2009, played Texas. Yeah. So, maybe let's let's just focus on that for just a little bit. Was, was Sue really that dominant that day? Man, Sue was a beast. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Off the field, the nicest person you ever meet in the world. As soon as she t- put one toe on the turf, the meanest person you're ever going to meet. <laughs> right? That switch came on. But he worked his ass off 24-7. Yeah. Sue's my big brother. I still talk to him to this day. Right? He works his ass off. Yeah. He wanted to be the best. Right? Um, and so, it's not too many players out there like a Sue. Yeah. He's one of a kind. Yeah, absolutely. He was the most dominant player that year and probably should have won a Heisman if it wasn't for... You know, a, you know, has to be an opposite player every time. It's, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. win the Heisman on the defensive player. Yeah, the defensive especially the defensive line yeah, too. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. as a defensive lineman. But yeah. um, we've said in previous podcasts too. Uh, Sue's probably an NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah, and definitely a College Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's probably 
all like era. Yeah. Like probably the yeah. best defensive lineman we've seen yeah. in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, just kind of going on with these championship games, we had 2010 yeah. against OU, mm-hmm. got out to that nice lead. It's like what, 17 points? Yeah, I think it was something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of if you can go back and just kind of, can you describe maybe what happened there with OU coming back? Was it like a turnover thing? On the offensive side, I know we're kind of going back a little bit. We're going back over a decade. Yeah. Like, is there anything about that game that stands out? Um, you know, that year, if I remember correctly, our offense, our defense was probably top five, right? And yeah. Then, and that whole year, we had to stop a lot of teams, right? Um, but offense just wasn't clicking the way we needed it to click, mm-hmm. right? But then also in that game, defense, we could have did a better job on defense too, all right? So it was a, it was a team loss. Um, but I, I think I truly believe deep down that if we had a if we had Joe Gans as our quarterback in three of those in two of those three conference championship games, we would have won both of them. We would have won at least two of the three. Hey, well, you're t- you're speaking of two big Joe Gans guys <laughs> yeah. too. So, I mean that that Texas game. I mean it was thirteen to twelve that final. It's yeah. like thirteen to twelve. That two thousand nine defense. And I know that you were still like pretty young. I mean, that was I mean that was, that O nine team was the best one that we had since O one. Yeah, you know. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like, dang, it's just if our offense was even just just a, a tad little competent. Yeah, because yeah. defense uh, we was that year. I think we was ranked number two in the country in yeah. defense, or maybe number three. Yeah, right. And we we kept a lot of the low scoring games, and every game we had to play, it was always close. Right, and offense, it was turnover here, turnover there, miss opportunity here, miss opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Right. When, trying to win a, a conference championship or a national championship is it's a team. You have to do it as a team, right? So if, if if one side of the ball is lacking, you're going to struggle. You're not going to get that championship, all right? Yeah. Alabama, why do they win? Defense is top one, two, three in the country. I mean, at least five. But then the offense is averaging 40 points a game. Yeah. yeah that, their offense is definitely taking a turn. Yeah. If you look at Alabama and, like, the, the, the beginning of the Nick Saban regime, mm-hmm. we'll say mm-hmm. – Defense, 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 yep. uh, pro-style offense, yep. no mobile quarterback. You look at them now since Lane Kiffin put his, yeah, spread them out. Athletes all, Athletes all over the field. The quarterback the ball, run the ball. can run the run yep. the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. And this is where I get upset with Scott Frost is like adapting to the game. Right. I think that's the part. Maybe you learn it later in life. Nick right. Saban wasn't a great coach when he was at Michigan State. Right. He became a great coach later in his career at LSU. Mm-hmm. I think as a great coach, you need to adapt to the game. Nick Saban learned that in the SEC, to be successful now, we need to start spreading it out and getting our athletes involved yeah. with the football. Yeah. I think Scott, he's kind of hard-headed in a way, saying like, hey, you know, like this is my system. It worked at Oregon. It worked at UCF. It has to work here. I think – Hell or high water. Yeah, I, I think you trying to force something that it's like putting a – you know, a square peg in a, a round hole, it, it, it's just not going to work. you got to adapt. Um, I'm, I'm hoping with all these bigger guys that were recruiting, bigger receivers, bigger running backs, bigger offensive linemen, that maybe that's his first step in adapting mm-hmm. as a head coach. But I don't know. Well, you have to understand this too, right? When he was at Oregon, he was the offensive coordinator, but who was actually calling the plays? Chip Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He just looks at you like, yep, no shit. End of story. <laughs> so he go to UCF, right? That's a weaker conference. Yeah. Of course, you could take that offense and go to that conference and yeah. dominate, 
Right, but they had a lot of studs on that team. Don't get it wrong; they had yeah. a lot of studs on that team. Great athletes. And, but Nebraska, we have a lot of studs on our team too. Mm-hmm. We just don't use them the right way. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I can't answer that question because I'm not in the program, right? But we don't use them the right way, in my opinion. Yeah. From when I watch them on TV, the couple times I do watch them, I don't watch them that much now. But the yeah. couple times I do watch them, we we don't use them the right way. Yeah. And you, we always talk about Wandale. Like, you see him. You know, you ha- he that, transferred, th- didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's at Kentucky now. He went back home to yeah. Kentucky. And talk about misusing talent or not using it the right way. Yeah. I think he looked at the type of team that was coming back and like him lining up as a running back, getting his head bashed in. He's like, I, I don't, pound running back. Come I don't on. see much of a future doing this. No. See, I think they were trying to use him. Remember um, the kid from Florida, uh, Percy Harvin? Yeah. yeah, I think they were trying yeah. to use him like Percy Harvin, but the difference is Percy Harvin was uh, wasn't 160 pounds soaking wet. No, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So, and they're two different athletes. Wandell is good. Don't get me wrong, right? But he's not built to be in the backfield. Nope. And well, Percy, I mean, he was he was a blur too. I mean, he, he was, was so fast. So and not not that Wandell's slow, but Wandell's the I think the big thing with with Wandell, and we talked about this in a previous episode, is if you look his comparison. Uh, based on where they're from and everything else was Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. He's not Rondell Moore. No. And I think that's what Scott thought he got when he had him. Right. And he tried to use him the way that Purdue used Rondell Moore. Right. But I don't think Wandell, and he's a great athlete, and I, I wish him the best at Kentucky, but mm-hmm. he's just not – he's not what we thought he was no. as an athlete. He, great great player. He was a good face for your program. Well, I, th- I, think, I think he is. If they would have used him correctly, he could have been an In athlete the slot. force. In yeah. the slot. Yeah. In the slot. Right? Yes. Put him on a lot of jet screens, a lot of short games, right? Stuff like that. Yep. Put him in the option. Cool. But don't put him in the backfield no. and try to hand the ball off to him thinking he's going to get one yard. Of course, he's going to get up the holes there, but he's not going to run nobody over. No. 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 Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's partly why he's gone. You know? So. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yep. Um, but the problem was, is okay, so the offense was bad, but you know what was worse than the offense? That defense was horrible. <laughs> no, we're even worse than the defense. Special teams. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's let's get into a little bit of special teams. Yes. So you yeah. were actually a, a very good special teams player. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about the importance of special teams? Maybe your mindset uh, when you played special teams, you know, coming in maybe as a young guy. Mm-hmm. Like, did, did you play special teams different than when you played the defense? I mean, talk about special teams a little bit. Well, special teams, when I, when I got there, you know, I just want to play, right? So they put more every single special teams, and I was like, I want to be the best special team player on this team. If that's my role right now, I want to be the best at it, right? So I studied a lot, and the coaches had enough confidence and trust in me to go out there and do my job, what I have to do. Yeah. Right? And special teams is fun because it's different. You don't have to sit there and watch film for three hours on special teams compared <laughs> to, like, defense, right? Because <laughs> most of the times, if you're punting, I was, I, was, I was the slot guy or whatever. I don't even remember what it's called. It's been so long. Right, but I just have to make sure my guy don't pass him up to block the punt, and then I got to go down and I get the tap with somebody. Yeah, cool. Right? Kick off. <laughs> I just run down there like a bat out of hell. <laughs> right, go find the ball, go knock the no in thinking, the no thinking, just... no nothing. Can you expand on that though? So, if it's that simple, the way that you're talking about lane, lane assignment, stand in your lane and, and get to the ball carrier. Why did we struggle? I'm, I'm not even saying this year since the the frost frost staff has been here, yeah. we have. Been at the bottom of the the all of college football at special teams. Can you explain what could go into that? As a coach, as a former player, it's the way that they practice. Yeah, it's the way that they practice. 
Right. One thing about Bo and Coach JP, he was our special teams coordinator. Papuchas. Papuchas, John Papuchas. Right. Um, one thing that we did, like, we spent so much time in meetings, right? But then on the field, going over drill after drill, every scenario. Yeah. Right. But they pushed us every single day. If it wasn't good enough, line your butts back up. Do it again. We're going to keep doing this till you get it right. Right, you're gonna go 100. percent If you don't go 100, percent you know what? you won't play. We can't trust you on the. We can't trust you to do your job. Go sit on the sideline. Go be a bench warmer. Yeah. Right. Now, okay. If you keep going, if you've got more. So that's that's exactly what it was. And now when I sit there and a couple of games I have watched and I've seen, it's, it's it's it all goes down to how you practice. The way you practice is the way you're gonna play. Yep. That simple. Right. So all special teams when I was there with Coach JP and the Coach Bodenham, we were really good every year in special teams because for one, our kickers they kicked all day. Yeah. All day. That's all they did was kick, right? So that's why we had, um, I can't even think of all the kickers' name. I you had, had Alex Henry. Alex Henry. Yeah. And, um, and then you had uh, uh, Brett Maher. Brett Maher. Oh, yeah, Maher. yeah, Brett Maher. Phenomenal yeah. guys. Yeah. Right? Worked their butt off. But then when it came down to us individuals that wasn't the kickers, we had our job we had to do, and coaches pushed us every single practice, and then we challenged. Like, it was fun having practice on that, hmm. right? Because it was competition. Yeah. You know, and we had rewards. Like, you want to be special team player of the week. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it was. And so we had so much fun with it. That was probably one of the best years of my, my career. Now, when it came to practicing special teams, mm -hmm. like, you had Bo in the room. You had Bo yeah. watching you yeah. and taking, oh, God, taking inventory. I'm so right? glad you said yes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of talk. The special teams is a hot button issue now. Mm -hmm. Spring ball. One of the, one of the first questions that are asked, how are special teams going? Mm -hmm. What's changing? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a point of focus now in year four. Mm -hmm. However, the head coach is still not involved. Buried. He's Or taking minimal responsibility, right? He's got Dawson doing it. He's got, hopefully, Bill Bush is in there too. But the head guy is still not in the room that we know of. Mm -hmm. So how much of a difference does that make if the head guy's in there? Or is that a loaded question on my end? I mean, and, and that, that is a loaded question. It's because I, I see what Frost is doing, right? He wants to have faith in his coaches. Yeah. yeah. But if you ask me, you want that dead honest truth, every single one of those coaches should be let go. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, all right. 100%. Yeah. Right? Because they don't push those kids the way they should, right? And the, the, the problem is nowadays when, it, when it, nowadays when it comes down to these kids, they're soft. Not all of them, so I'm not trying to say every single player on the team, but they're soft. You can't even yell at the kid without them pouting and running off. Yeah. Or entering the freaking portal. Yeah, or, or just running the portal. Yeah. That, that's like a new thing. Yeah. It's like telling mom, no, instead I'm just going to go run to the portal right. and go find a new team. Right. If there's a team available. Right. Yeah. Because they're soft nowadays. Yeah. Right? These kids feel like, they, they, they feel like they're entitled to get something. Yeah. Right? You're getting a free education. Be happy that you even have the opportunity to put the end on your head. Right? Put that helmet on your head. Take pride in it. You know what I mean? Right. Because you know how many kids out here that wants to play for Nebraska? A ton of them. Millions. Right? But just here in Nebraska, how many kids want to play for their hometown? But you for know, some reason, they, they go to another school yeah, because yeah. Nebraska passed up on them. Right? So these kids, they just, I just, I, me personally, I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to respect them for that because... The way I was growing, the way I grew up, and my parents and my coaches taught me, and Coach Bull and my high school coaches, whatever you want, you got to work for it. They're not going to just hand you nothing. And these kids nowadays, they want a handout. 
So if they can't start at a freshman, what do they do? They pack their bag and they go to another school. Right? Yeah. Yep. It's not supposed to be that way. And now, I think part of that is definitely on the player. But And I'm not saying that... It's process, on the coach, too. Right. No, it's on to the coach, in, too. Because he allowed that stuff to happen. Yeah. Yep. And you got to... When you're recruiting a player... And again, I don't know what Frost is saying to these guys. I don't know his pitch. But I hope he's not going into the rooms and saying, you're a day one starter. You got this. You step on campus, you're our guy. I hope he's not doing that. I have a feeling I don't know he is, though. I don't know. Cause, I, I don't, but I, I think know. that breeds that kind of, yeah. okay. Entitlement. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't even put the pads on yet. Yeah. And I'm, I'm number one on the depth chart already. One thing Bo told me when he recruited me, right, because I, I committed to LSU and then he got the job after they won the national championship. He called me the next day after they won. He was like, hey, I got the job in Nebraska. I want you to come. And he said, hey, I can't promise you you're going to be a starter, but I can promise you this. If you come down here, you're going to work. If you work your butt off, you're going to have an opportunity to play. We have big plans for you, but it's all up to you. That's I said, say no more. I'm on my way. He didn't have to say nothing else. He didn't promise me no starting spot. He didn't promise. He said, I can promise you if you come work your butt off, you're going to have a fair opportunity to get on the field and show what you can do. And since the day I stepped on the campus, I had a fair opportunity. So when kids say, oh, I didn't have a fair opportunity, when it comes down to Coach Bo, I can honestly say that's a lie because he treats every kid the same. He don't care. You could be the five-star recruit, the number one recruit in the country, or you could be a, a one-star number thousand kid in the country. Or, or, you know what I mean? Or a walk-on. Walk on. Walk on. It's like a walk-on. Walk-on, yeah. right? Work your butt off. So many of my teammates that I still hang out with now that walked on, they worked their butt off more than some of the guys that was – on scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they had the opportunity to play. Yep. That's, okay. I mean, and that doesn't surprise me. I think Bo is a pretty straightforward guy, which mm-hmm. got him, got him where he was. He, I mean, he won a lot of games. And then I think, I think part of it too, is that's also what was kind of like the downfall too, was like, you're, you get what you get with Bo. He's straightforward. straightforward. He, he's straight to the punch and he's not going to like, he's not beating around the bush mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to sugarcoat nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. Which, I appreciated. I mean, I, I love that part about him. So, and another thing I really appreciated about Bo was I think he really grabbed that, like, black shirt tradition yeah. and, and, like, ran with it. Like, he's not, like, he w- I mean, he was here before and went to LSU then came back and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, like, to actually, I think he actually did a really good job taking on the black shirt tradition. Can you describe what it was like receiving your first black shirt? Um, was there anything special that happened? Did you... Did you talk to former players that were also black shirts? I mean, was there anything cool uh, when you got your black shirt? So for me, that's 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 a tough question because I, I look at things totally different than everybody else. You okay. know, I remember when when they passed them out, some guys there was crying and jumping up and down. Right? To me, it wasn't that for me. It was just like, okay, I appreciate it. Right? I worked my ass off for this. Yeah. Right. Now I need to make sure I need to keep myself up to that higher standard. Yeah. Right. But to me, it was just a shirt, honestly. And that's no disrespect. I, I'm thankful that I got the black shirt three years yeah. in a row, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, it was I still had a bigger purpose. Like, I'm getting this shirt, but to me, it's not about the shirt. It's about this team. Yep. Right? And I want to win, right? So they could have kept the black shirts. If we would have won, I would have chose that over the black shirt any day. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? I yeah. just wanted to win, mm-hmm. right? Now, I had the black shirt. It was cool. I still have it. I, I'm about to frame mine up. I, I got, like, right so many jerseys, but I still have that black shirt, right? And um, it was cool, but I just wanted to win. Yeah, I think you winning. Know? So when you got your black shirt, did did you think of it as more like a leadership rule? Like, hey, these guys who don't have one, it's a way for me to say, hey, if you work as hard as me, 
this is what you can get? Or is it more like, I earn this, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of both, I guess, but it's like, I earn this, this is what you get when you work hard. I don't know. I, to me, it was just simple. I remember telling the freshman, he was like, man, I want to get that one day. I say, work your ass off. Yeah. That's simple. Do everything you possibly can, cross all the T's, dot all the I's, be the best version of you that you can be. Don't compare yourself to nobody else in this world. And that's the mentality I always had. I'm PJ Smith. This is who I am. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to change for nobody. I'm not going to change because they say, oh, PJ, we're going to give you this shirt. Nah, I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. Right? If I get the black shirt, great. If I don't get the black shirt, great. Don't matter to me. I'm still going to do my job. Sweet. I mean, shoot, you got it for a reason. Yeah. Because you, you earned it. I just right. worked my butt off. Yeah. You earned it. But, okay, you say you're PJ Smith. You're your own guy. Yeah. However, what NFL player or maybe college player did you maybe model your game after? None. None? Okay. All right. I mean, I watch film on Ed Reed. You know, I was to say, not oh, Ed Reed. Oh, that's the first thing that came to mind. Because he's a Louisiana guy. Right. Right. He's from, he's from, uh-huh. he's from Destrehan. So I watch a lot of film on him. But at the end of the day, my dad always said, hey, you be you. Mm-hmm. Right. You be you. Yeah, you need to study the game. You need to watch these players that, that came before you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But be you. And when he told me that when I was six, year old, six years old, when I first started playing tackle football, I always had that mentality. Like, I would never be like, oh, I want to be like Ed Reed. I want to be like, 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 I don't know. Troy Palomaro. Tro- yeah. No, I'm just, I'm going to be me. I'm PJ Smith. Hey, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot different than most people. Most people be like, yeah, I, I looked up to this guy and that was my model. That was my role model. My dad was my role model. My brother was my role model because they were better athletes than me, you know? But literally, I just I wanted to be me. All right. Okay. So I think you did a, a really good job of being you. You had a great career. Uh, you moved into uh, coaching and, and transitioning that knowledge uh, to younger players. Yeah, yeah. Can you describe what it was like maybe transitioning from a player to a coach? Mm-hmm. Describe your time. Where were you coaching? Uh, what were you doing? Are you still doing it? Okay. So, in my opinion, coaching is 10 times better than playing. Like, if somebody gave me an option to say, hey, we'll pay you a million dollars to play football right now, if you get in shape, right? Or if I was at my top shape, my you know? Yeah. Or coaching, I'll choose coaching any day, right? Because I love the game of football so much that I want to teach these kids the right way. And I was fortunate and blessed from the time I started playing at six. I had a lot of coaches at Little Forms Playground that taught me in Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. When I went to high school, when I went, to, forget middle school. When I went to high school, right? Jay Roth, Coach Jay Roth. I went to a private Catholic school, and and he taught me a lot. And then I went to John Curtis, which one of the top five high schools in the country, right? Best coaches I've ever had in my life. So they taught me so much, right? So when I came to Nebraska, it was easy for me because I learned all those things in high school that I needed to, that, I, that I was ready for college. My high school is like a mini college. Okay. Right? My coaches in high school are brilliant, right? And so when I realized how good my coaches were, I was like, I want to be a coach just like them someday, right? Yeah. But my own version. Yeah. Take everything that they taught me and go teach these kids the right way. Because there's a lot of coaches out here, right, that call themselves coaches because they have the swag and the gear. Mm-hmm. But are they really teaching these kids how to be the best version of themselves that they possibly can be? Yeah. It's not all about wins and losses, right? Of course, I'm a competitor. I want to win every single game. If I can teach these kids how to be a husband, how to be a good father, how to be a good sibling right now, right? How to be a world leader, do something different, be comfortable inside your own skin, yeah. and go after what you want. Doing it the right way, but then also taking them to the field 
right, and teaching them the X and O's so they have an understanding. When I'm, if I'm at safety, this is my keys. This is what I'm reading. If I read this lineman and this lineman does this, right, does this by me studying film and that film say every single time he does this, this is what the play is. Yep. Right. I can trust my eyes and my instinct and just fly out there like a bat out of hell. Right. So when I got into coaching, Steve Warren, who's my who's a, a black shirt, right? Yeah. My big brother. He um, as soon as I got done playing, I called him. I said, hey, man, I want to get into coaching. He said, Yeah, I got a job for you. Come meet me right now. I went and met him at Concordia High School here in Omaha, right? Yep. And from that day, a couple of days later, it was right before the season started, or probably two weeks before the season started. So from that day, that's when I fell in love with it even more. And, and he gave me my first opportunity coaching. So I went from there to Midland University with Jeff Jamrod. I was a special teams coordinator. I was a secondary coach. Loved it. Yeah. Then I had the opportunity to go back to Concordia and become the high school head coach there. Right? Yeah. And that right there is by far the greatest experience for me because now I'm the head of the program. Yeah. I can do the program the way I want to do it, right, and make sure I build the right team around me to breathe life into these kids every single day. If I can't trust you in the classroom, I can't trust you on the field. I learned that from Coach Bo. Yep. Right? So my main thing was, first of all, I told all the parents and the staff, kids, they're going to come, they're going to go to school every single day and they're going to make good grades. Right? They better be respectful to you as the parent every single day at home. If they're not, call me. And I had many parents call me, hey, PJ, my son, I'll be right there. Right? Yeah. Because if you're not doing what you need to do in the classroom, if you're not being respect respectable to your parents at home and in the community, why would, why would I want you to play for me? Because you're not going to respect me and, the and your teammates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so going into coaching, man, that was one of the big, biggest blessings of my life, right? And I'm so thankful for it. Of course, I took some years off the last couple of years. I'm getting, I'm going to get back into it. Like, I have some schools hit me up right now to come coach, and I'm saying not right now, right? Because I'm working on some other stuff on the side that we get in the community, and we're going to be more involved yep. in the community and stuff like that. But I'm going to get back to coaching one day. That's, that's amazing. And so that really sprung something in my head here, and it, it's, it's a word we've used a lot in a lot of our episodes, culture. Mm -hmm. So you've seen culture as a player, and as a coach, and from what the sounds of it, with the, the, the great coaches that you've played for, the great teammates you've had, it sounds like you've been around a lot of good culture. Mm -hmm. And you've been able to establish good culture as a, as a, mm -hmm. as a coach. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what good culture looks like? Because I feel like this team, they keep throwing that culture word out there. This team last year, the la since Scott Frost got here, the culture isn't where it needs to be. Um, and maybe it's as simple as, you know, like back to your statement before, maybe they're just because they're soft, but I feel like there's more that has to go into it. You know, being accountable, you know, like treating the game, like, like kind of like you're saying, like life, mm -hmm. you know, like respecting your teammates, respecting your coaches, like you would your, your family members and everything else. Can, can you describe what good culture looks like? How do you so, put your fingerprint? So I used to tell my kids, you know, cause we had a, we had a, we had a great culture at, at Concordia high school when I. Was there as the head coach, right? Yeah. Um, it's, we don't have no pride, no egos. So when it came down to me being the head coach, right, all my assistants, all my assistant coaches, no pride, no ego, right? We all had the same vision. We all was in line the same way. And we said, this is how we're going to teach our kids, right? And, but the thing about it is, even though I was the head coach, I didn't set all the rules, right? I wanted to hear what my coaches had to say. Yeah. Right? But when I picked my coaches, I had multiple conversations with these guys to, true, to get a true understanding who they are and what they believe. Yep. Right? Because some coaches, they wanted, like I said, they just want to get in the coaching and say, oh, I coach at this school, right? I'm a coach. No. 
you just some you just somebody there that's trying to coach these kids, but really not. But then when it comes down to the kids, it was the same thing. Hey, you are you're not just because you're the quarterback. You're not more important than the center. You're not more important than the guard. You're not more important than the top of the receivers, the running back. We're all in this together. No pride, no ego. Yeah. We all have the same goal and vision in mind, right? We're all gonna be on the same page. We're gonna work our ass off, right? And I push my kids. You know what I mean? I, I push my kids to the max, right? I got on them, but they knew I loved them. They knew I had their back. They, they knew my coaching staffs loved them and had their back. Now when it came down to the coaching staffs, I got on my coaches the same way I got on the kids. But guess what? My coaches got on me the same way. So if I was lacking in something, every single coach in there say, hey, PJ, you need to pick this up. You're not doing this right. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't put my wall up and get defensive like, no, I'm not. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I had to take a deep breath and say, you know what? You're right. I appreciate it. Right? That's the standard we had. Yeah. That's the culture we built. Right? And I think nowadays, when it comes down to it, so many coaches are fighting back and forth. Zero respect when it comes down to the coaches. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you have zero respect when it comes down to the coaches, what do you think the kids going to be like? Because they modeling way. after you. They watching you every single day. Same thing. Yep. You know, I don't believe in cursing a kid out. My coaches, we never did that. Now, I got on the ass, but I didn't curse them out. I didn't even curse my coaches out because I respected them that much. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I got on the ass. They got on my ass. Right? Yeah. Because we all want to win. But most importantly, we want to make sure that these kids had a fun experience. And they learned something from the game of football. Yeah. But they learned something, the game of life. Yeah. I like how Does you, that make sense? Yeah. I, I love how you correlate the game of football to the game of life. Because it's the same thing. Because it's the same thing. It's how same similar thing. they are. And, and if you can take the little things you learn in football and apply them to life, mm -hmm. you're, you're set up for success. Mm -hmm. No matter where you do, what, like what you do, where you go, mm -hmm. where you live, it doesn't matter. If you, if you apply those skills... They, it's simple. Yeah. But us as human beings, we make it so hard. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. But the game of life, the game of sport, no matter what you're playing is, is simple. All right? Respect the person to your left and the person to your right. Be the best version that you possibly can be and don't try to compete with the person inside you. Right? So my focus was, I'm going to focus on me, PJ. I'm going to be the best I possibly can be. Yes, my teammates on my left and my right, I want them to be great too and I'm going to push them to be great, but I'm not going to compare myself to them. Because they're not me and I'm not them, right? I don't know what they're thinking in their head. I only control myself. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to respect all people around me. Wow. Right? And I'm going to do my job. And I'm going to be the best version I possibly can be. If I can go to sleep at night, even to this day at the job I have now, if I can go to sleep at night knowing that I was the best person I possibly can be when it comes down to my faith, I was the best person I possibly can be when it comes down to my girlfriend, when it comes down to my daughters, right? When it comes down to my job. When it comes down to me meeting, like, today I met you for the first time, right? Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to treat you with respect. Like, you're my boy now. You're my boy, too. You know what I mean? Appreciate it. Like, yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> like, seriously, like, yeah. that's, that's just what it is. Like, I know tonight when I go to bed, like, I did the best I possibly could, could do in every second of the day for myself, right? And everybody that was around me, I tried to help push them and breathe life and encourage them that, hey, you're doing a good job. You probably messed up on this. It's okay, right? We're going to fix this mistake. Yeah. Right? Just learn from it. Don't make the same mistake twice. You know what I mean? Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sitting here listening to you talk, right? And I know you got your own thing going on. Yep. You're living your own life. Mm -hmm. You got your own plans. And no offense to Jason Peter or Jay Foreman. Oh, God. I, I'm I, so glad you said this. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish you were a volunteer coach going up. Yeah, and I, I, I wish you lie. were motivating the young men that are and, playing for this university. And, right honestly, and honestly, 
I hope and I pray one day that God bless me with that ability to go down there and coach at my mater. That'd be amazing. That's, that was always the ultimate goal. Yeah. I'm not doing it right now, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, right? And his plan for my life is 10 times greater than my plan. Yeah. I know that 100%, right? So if it's, if it's his will for me to get back in coaching and be down there at my alma mater where I would like to be mm-hmm. coaching, it's going to happen. But it's going to be in his time and not my timing. Yeah. I love that answer. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a great answer. So, so, I mean, it sounds like you have a direction. You know where you're going in life. Yeah. What are you doing now? Can you tell everybody what you're doing now? You're, it sounds like you're living here in Omaha. Yep, I live here in Omaha. I love Omaha. I love Nebraska in general. It's a good, great place to raise my daughters and my family, and I have nothing to worry about. It's a good place, great place to, to make money, right? And yeah. be around a lot of good, great people, right? So uh, I'm super thankful for the state of Nebraska and the city of Omaha and the city of Lincoln. They, they, they've, been, they've been having my back. That's good. Um, and so what we're doing right now is uh, we actually we just launched our website today uh, for a sports training facility that we're doing here in Omaha. It's called Align Sports Training Facility. Okay. And uh, we're gonna we right now we're in the process of dealing with the bank and raising money to to buy this building. Yeah. Um, but we're actually about to start training on the twentieth of April, so next week. Next, next Tuesday. week. We're going to a park that that you know Jenna Minaj he's letting us rent the park for free right now. Um, but basically, with the sports training facility we're doing, um, it's for the youth, right? And so every single kid here in the state of Nebraska or here in Omaha, Lincoln, surrounding areas, have an opportunity to come do something different, right? So everything that I was talking about when it comes down to my team and, and helping these kids to be the best version of themselves, right? Yeah. That's what we're doing with this training facility. So every single kid that comes into our, to our facility, they're going to get a Bible, right? Because we firm believers that none of this is, is possible without Jesus Christ, so I'm really strong in my faith, and my business partner, Brandon Kenny, he's really strong in his faith too, right? So we feel like we're called to, to raise up the youth here, right? Breathe life into them. So every kid is going to have an opportunity to come in. They're going to get trained. They're going to get taught, right? They're going to get a Bible. We're going to teach them about faith, but also we're going to train them the right way. So on Wednesday night, it's going to be youth night. On Thursday night, we're going to have church, and that's where they can bring their parents to come hang out with us, right? That's awesome. Um, on Wednesday and Thursday nights, they're all going to get a meal, right? So we got a 501c3 that we set up for that too. Um, and we're going to be able to pick kids up, drop them off. Parents can literally sign their kids up, drop them off at 3.30, and they can hang out the whole time and keep them out of trouble, right? Um, and eventually, the whole plan is we're going to have tutors come in to tutor these kids also. Um, and so we're working with the state right now for that so we can get tutors in there. But then we'll have counselors in there too. That's awesome. Right? And then we, we partner with, uh, I can't think of it, but it's, it's a chiropractor company that's going to come in and help, you know, if kids get injuries and stuff like that. Um, and so that's uh, alliancesportstraining.com. And that's that's where uh, people can go to sign up, sign yep. their kids up, yep. reach that's, out to you. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, you can hit us, you can follow us up on, on Instagram also at Alliance Sports Training Facility. And so that's one thing I'm doing. Another thing I'm working on is uh, motivational speaking. That's what I'm passionate about. All right. Going out and, and breathing life into people and, and, and helping build them up. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's another thing. I had a couple of speaking engagements that I did so far and I have a couple more that's coming up. Um, and then eventually I'm gonna do a podcast, right? Oh. We started last night. We did our first. Uh, it's called a broken mess because we all are broken, right? And this is for men, but we encourage women to get on too, so they can learn and get an understanding of who we are and what we struggle with as men. Yeah. And so we did our first shoot last night, actually on Instagram Live, right? And we had like 47 people hopped on, and it was pretty cool. So myself and my partner with that. We just shared a couple of testimonies, right, and how my life transformed and changed, and he shared his, and we told him what the ultimate goal is, to help be, uh, build men to be who they really called to be. So 
it's good, man. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. You know, without God, again, without God, none of this is possible. And I just give God and all the praise and glory and honor because without him, I wouldn't be who I am today. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can follow us on Twitter, too. Um, I don't even know if we have that one set up yet. BK, he's doing the media stuff. But I know um, on Instagram, Alliance Sports Training Facility, you can follow us on there. If you're looking for me on Instagram, you got to go by my first name. I changed my, I went from my PJ, because PJ is my middle name. I went from that three months ago to I saw a call. I'm going by my first name, Control. All right, so Control uh, underscore Smith 13. Or you can probably type in PJ Smith. I think it'll still pop up on, on TikTok. Okay. I mean, not TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. On, on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. So, Twitter. Whatever case. It's social media. I don't know. Social media. <laughs> yeah. So everybody give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah, reach out to them. All if you have things. young ones that that uh, you need some, they need guidance, or just just want to develop as as young men or young women, you know, send them send them PJ's way, and 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 it sounds like he'll take care. Of he'll take care of them, yeah, and uh, I mean that is I feel like that's kind of like the Nebraska way. I think yeah. uh, I mean it's the good kinda, life, man. Yeah, it's the good life. It's, good life. <laughs> it's yeah. like you you kind of got plugged in, but it yeah. seems like you you are like this is home, man. Yeah, this this, this, is, this is that's what it feels like to yeah. me. So. Yeah. Thank you again for coming yeah, out. I appreciate you it, it was uh, an amazing interview. I think people are going to absolutely love it. Yeah. PJ, appreciate thanks it. for coming on the podcast. We appreciate your time. No, thank you guys for having me on, man. It was real good. and uh, I'd like to be on again, man. This was fun. Like, hey, I like you too, right guys. So I appreciate it, man. So we just want to thank uh, Kentrell, PJ Smith, again, for stopping by. Enlightening conversation. What a great interview. And wow. Yeah, I mean... Look, if that doesn't convince you to get involved with his organization, Alliance Sports Training, you guys, please donate if you can. If you have young ones that not only want to play sports, but you feel like they need maybe some direction in life. Yeah. They can help you out. Yeah, PJ's your guy. I mean, if, if you couldn't tell from the interview, he's got a lot of passion in what he does. Once again, thank you so much, Control PJ, for coming on. And yeah, I think that's really it. Yeah, so... Listen, guys, follow us on Twitter, at NBNR Podcast. Um, we're also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Heart Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcast, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It helps out. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall. And Mike Delaware. And as always, GBR. <laughs>